tell me who you are. It's Cooper and Anthony. So today we finally found out who was nominated for Oscars. And let me tell you something. I know that a lot of people feel like, what do I care? I know you're not getting an Oscar, but it kind of speaks to what movies you should go see and not see. And I think it's really interesting when a movie is on Netflix and it gets nominated for an Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That really shows that the Oscars have really, like, leveled up because they understand how we watch movies and where movies come from. Because there was a time that, like, the Motion Picture Academy was like, no, it has to be in the movie theater for a certain period of time and blah, blah, blah. But listen, something could be on Netflix and be a major motion picture. It could be made well. It could be the right actors, like The Power of the Dog, which was nominated. That's on Netflix. I and know, it's but an amazing film. If you said only movies and movie theaters can be nominated, the Oscars would last 15, 20 minutes. Right, exactly. Because there was movie. no, yeah, there was no <laughs> movies at all. It would be Jackass and uh, the the three West people. West Side that, Story, and that's that, it. Yeah, yeah that, that saw, and, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man would have won everything. Swept everything, yeah, yep. that's true. So um, what? So it's really interesting, uh, the snubs. Like, I like the snubs better than the nominations sometimes. And you know how I feel about Lady Gaga in general. Like, I love her. I'm a, I'm a little monster, always have been, huge fan. So she was nominated for a SAG Award, I think a Golden Globe. She was nominated for everything except an Oscar. She's the big snub right now that everyone's freaking out because it's not just her. It's her and Bradley Cooper. They were both... Remember, like, at last, that, that Oscar season last year when it was like everything was a star was born and they did that performance and mm-hmm. we were like, they, they're, they're totally having sex. Look at those two. Like, we were all, all about the two of them. And she won the Oscar and it got a million nominations. Both snubbed this year. And she, she, I think that she really put House of Gucci on the map. Like, she held that movie together her entire self. Um, and Bradley Cooper is in two movies and didn't get nominated for either one. Well, if she doesn't win one for House of Gucci, she's never going to win one because she did a great job in that movie. Well, it just means that next year she might be in a bigger movie, you know? No, no, I think she she did such a great job and got snubbed. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like I said, I think she is the only person who held that movie together. And uh, so I thought the Post put it really well. Here's what they said. And by the way, let me tell you who she's up against. She was up against Olivia Coleman for Lost Daughter, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Um, but the one that she... So she should have been in that category, but it ended up going to Kristen Stewart for playing Princess Diana in Spencer. Uh, well, I heard she did really good in that so haven't seen it but the eyes of tammy faye that should have never been nominated yeah that should not have seen the light of day i mean that was it was a it was a lifetime movie it was terrible yeah it was on hbo max and it looked like a made for tv movie yeah i agree i agree so the post said that gaga was molto terrible they they didn't Mm. think she was very good at all um they said it, it also didn't help that so she went. She went on every talk show on earth and acted like she was. She had gone to Juilliard, like she was boasting that she only spoke an Italian accent for months, and that while she was in Italy, because she was playing this controversial character, she feared for her life. 
I mean, she made it seem like instead of being like, yeah, I'm very lucky to be I'm a, I'm a pop star and here I am doing movies. She acted like because she won an Oscar last year, she acted like, you know, she was one of us, like one of them, not one of mm-hmm. us, but like, you know, and I think that a lot of the Academy was really put off by that because they were like, no, we invited you in. You belong here, but now, you know, there's actors like that that just, they think they're better than they actually are. I don't think so. I think I think Lady Gaga, I, I disagree with all this, by the way, but this is what the, the Post is saying, that basically Lady Gaga thinks she's better than she actually is, and that really turned a lot of voters off. Well, I think you have to campaign for an Oscar, too. You have to yeah. go out and do, because Jamie Foxx didn't want to win one for Ray, but he was talked into it. Mm. So then he went out and started the campaign. So I don't think if you if you don't go on the circuit and really put your heart into it, you, you're not going to get nominated. But Gaga did campaign like crazy, but they just didn't like how she was campaigning. The fact that she was acting like she had she was like some big actor from Juilliard when she really is a pop star who's been making music her from entire Brooklyn. Life. So yeah, from from uh yeah. So they were really put off by that. And then um, speaking of God awful and Gucci. I think the Academy was right to not nominate Jared Leto because he looked like a clown playing Paolo Gucci. Mm. And what's interesting, so the Post said, you know, oh, he so bravely wore a bald cap and talked like Luigi for three hours. They're being sarcastic. And they're right. Like, he was the only one in this weird costume. Everybody else just dressed. They just had, like, nobody had, like, wigs and they didn't spend hours in the makeup chair and do you know what I mean like it was just it was weird it was like he was in a very different movie I think I said that before about him um so he did not deserve to be nominated no he was the second worst thing about that movie he was the second first one was Darth Vader he was not good in that role so if it wasn't for those two the movie would have been great (laughs) if it wasn't for the stars of the movie (laughs) If Lady Gaga would have been playing all the roles, it would have been awesome. Yeah, Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, and that other dude. You just put those three in the movie, take everybody else out. Perfect. You mean Jeremy Irons? That guy. Yeah, he's really good. So put him in, kick everybody else out. So some people really like Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza. He played, I don't know, some director from back in the day who was married to Barbara Streisand for a short period of time. So he Mm -hmm. played an actual person. Um, and then a lot of people said that some of his best leading work was in Nightmare Alley, which should have secured him a nomination. I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, but the director, the Shape of Water guy, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. you know, the fish fish sex guy, <laughs> did not get nominated. That's got to kick you in the balls when your movie gets nominated, but you don't. As actor or director, that's got to suck. Right. That means so that it was well like? written. It yeah. means that it was well written, but you guys did a shitty job with that great script. That's what that says. Mm-hmm. That, that can't look good on you. Yeah. So the weird thing is best actor category instead is going to be Will Smith, which people are saying he's the front runner. And I will say he was very good, but the movie was terrible. And that's the hard thing. When you're watching a movie and you're like... You know, we've talked about this before, how King Richard is not a good representation of what... So in case you don't know what King Richard is, Will Smith is starring as Serena Williams and Venus Williams' father, Richard Williams. And it's a story about how he 
turn these two little girls from Compton into these like major tennis stars. Mm-hmm. But the problem was in real life, he was a total asshole. He was really abusive. He got a lot of calls for domestic violence. None of that went into the movie. They make him seem like a hero. So the family, the Williams family, are not really happy about this movie. That aside, Will Smith was amazing. And I think he took that role because he knew he was going to get a nod. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he should win. Mm. Uh, Ben Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. He was okay. I mean... Yeah, he's Ben Ben Cumberbatch is just a good actor. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, I don't know. I feel like he didn't jump off the screen for me. I I don't think he's a great actor. He's done some amazing work. Uh, Old men aren't allowed in the country. You know, he mm. was very good in that. I think he that's what he won an Oscar for. Was nominated for an Oscar for. Um, Denzel Washington, the tragedy of Macbeth. He's another one who was nominated. He's Denzel, so of course. Mm-hmm. The minute you see his name, you just like just throw throw an Oscar at that guy. He just keeps a tux just for this show. He knows he's going every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special tux. Uh, time to break out the tux. I gotta tell you, he did a great job despite the fact that he was surrounded by all those egos and people that knew nothing about Shakespeare. And here's Denzel Washington, this like fancy, well-trained, amazing actor. And he probably, the fact that he had patience for dealing with all the bullshit that probably went into making that movie, he needs an Oscar just for that. Mm-hmm. You know, just having to having to act opposite of Francis McDormand, who clearly knows nothing about Shakespeare. That was really frustrating to watch. But Denzel was perfect, of course. Um, and then finally, uh, Will Smith's only real competition, according to the Post, is Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom. All these movies, I, I've n- and every year we do this segment. I've never seen mm. any of these movies. Well, The Power of the Dog and Tick Tick Boom are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Being the Ricardos is on. Yeah, that's horrible. I couldn't get through. Amazon. I couldn't I get through half of it. It was. It was not good. And uh, the tragedy of Macbeth is on Apple. If you have Apple, and I, I don't know what King Richard is. I don't know how to find that one. King Richard was on HBO Max. Then they took, and the whole time it's, it was on HBO Max. I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'll watch so it the tonight. Post, no, the Post called the Power of the Dog overrated. They called it the overrated Western, mm-hmm. and it led the pack with 12 nominations. So it's not going to be a good year for the Oscars what you're saying well you know there's a so there's this kind of newcomer in it named cody smith mcphee who plays the son and he has all these amazing scenes with bandit cumberbatch mm-hmm. he's really good like this is one of those moments that you're like okay we just discovered a brand new actor that we're going to be talking about from years to come like it's not going to be like one one oscar and done like this guy is amazing he was so good he was in fact i thought he was better than benedict cumberbatch in a lot of those scenes i was like poor benedict has to work with this this young actor (laughs) who's really doing an amazing job probably better than him so so that was that's uh so people are are, some are happy about it some are not they thought it was you know 12 nominations is too much for a movie that people didn't really like all that much how many nominations did johnny knoxville get or did that movie come out too late no jackass. Did, <laughs> no, no did jackass. they did they not release it in time for Oscar <laughs> nominations? 
Yeah, I guess that's what happened. Otherwise, you know, that would have been leading the pack of nominations. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um, another glaring snub, or two actually, is the absence of either lead actress from Passing, which was also on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that. So Ruth Negga and Tessa Thompson are the two leads in that. And Ruth Negga is very interesting. She played, I think it was Hamlet. She was here in New York on stage. She she played a male role. It was either Macbeth or Hamlet or one of those that's usually played by a man. And they did like a gender bending thing where she played it as a woman. Uh-huh. And she was incredible. Like I think they were like throwing Tony nominations and... Um, drama desk nominations at her. I mean, she's an amazing actress. So really, really underrated. Like she should have been nominated for something for passing. And then finally, Judy Dench was nominated for Belfast. Mm. She's 87 years old. So if she wins, and by the way, in case you don't know who Judy Dench is, you should, but in case you, Anthony, yeah, Collier, I have no idea is. who she is. Okay. She was M. In the 007 movies, Spectre, Casino Royale, and Skyfall. Mm, yeah, I don't know. The older woman with the white hair. Okay. I, I okay. okay. Never seen anyway. a 007 movie, so, okay. None of them? No, I even tried to watch the new one, and I got maybe 10 minutes into it and said, <gasps> I can't do this. Wait, you never saw Casino Royale? Probably one of the best 007 films ever made? No. All right, so at 87, if Judy Dench wins, she will be the oldest person to ever win an Oscar. Hmm, good for her. Yeah. Um, and this comes with a little quick quiz for you, a one-question a one quiz. Ready? Yes. Who was the youngest person to ever win an Oscar? I can ask you that question straight out, or I can give you three choices. Uh, it was that girl from Interview with a Vampire. Kirsten Dunst? Yes, her. When she was, when she was a child? Yes, her. No, incorrect. Uh, Shirley Temple. Do you want me to give you three choices? Yes. Okay. The youngest person to ever win an Oscar was one of these three. Webster. Well, I guess now women. No, never nominated. Mm. Ready? Mm -hmm. Was it Tatum O'Neill for Paper Moon at age 10? Was it Kavanjane Wallace when she was five years old, nominated for Beast of the Southern Wild? Or was it Anna Paquin Nominated for Jane Campion's The Piano at age 11. Anna Paquin. Is that your guess? That was my final answer. Okay. Anna Paquin did win the Oscar for The Piano, but she was 11. Tatum O'Neill was 10. And so she won an Oscar for Paper Moon. Kovanjane Wallace was the youngest nominated ever for an Oscar. She was five. Mm-hmm. And she was nominated for Beast of the Southern Wild, but she did not win that year. How do you go from being 10 years old, winning an Oscar, and how is the rest of your life going to look? Because you're never going to outdo that. Everything you do is going to fall short. Well, I guess if you're Tatum O'Neill, that's probably true because, as you know, after that, she spent years, and she talks about this, she spent years becoming a drug addict, basically. Mm -hmm. So things did not go well for Tatum O'Neill. But Anna Paquin has been working like crazy. In fact, every time she's interviewed, she always says, my Oscar win was not the highlight of my career. You know, remember, she was in True Blood. You know, she's she's been in a lot more. Yeah, she was sookie, but... Right. Still... Winning an Oscar and then going to Sookie is kind of a a, a downstep, not a sidestep. 
not in her opinion. You know, if you again, if you see interviews with her, she will tell you that that was not the highlight of her career. She didn't think winning an Oscar at 11 years old was anything. You know, she was in all the X-Men movies. She was in mm-hmm. um, The Squid and the Whale. She was in The Affair, which, you know, I loved that. She was in The Irishman. She was in, um, hmm, I'm trying to find something. True Blood is what you saw. <sighs> She's on some show now that's out now. Which I tried to watch for four seconds, and there was no vampire, so I had to turn it off. Which one? Modern Love? Flack? Sure, Flack. I tried to watch Flack, but there was no vampire, so I was gone. Oh, yeah. And no and, and no shape-shifting dogs, no none of that, so I couldn't do it. Right. Yeah, that is a problem. You're talking great movies. Now let's look back at the worst movies of each decade, or each year. <laughs> See if okay. you agree. So we'll go to 1986. Do you mm. agree the worst movie was Howard the Duck? Yeah, probably, yeah. That was a terrible movie. I don't think anybody liked that one. That was a horrible movie. 86, Princes Under the Cherry Moon. Did nobody like that? I, I guess not. I guess not. Uh, 1988, Cocktail. I thought that was a great movie. No, it wasn't a great movie, but I don't think it was terrible. I think there was worse movies. What year was that? 86. Oh, so these are all the worst movies in 1986? No, this is no, that was 88. Sorry. This is of each year. So, of 88, the worst movie that year was Cocktail. I don't believe that. Cocktail was a great movie. I don't think it was a great movie, but I don't think it was one of the worst. I mean, there's definitely worse movies in 1988. Okay, Cocktail was not worse than Mac and Me. Ma- or Crocodile Dundee 2. Crocodile Dundee 2 was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Right. How about 1990, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane? Great movie. I don't know if I'd call it great. had Andrew Dice Clay in it. It had Vince Neil in it. It was a great movie. And they say it's the worst. What's the criteria? I don't know. It's just what BuzzFeed says is the worst movie. Oh, BuzzFeed is making this list. I see. Okay. 1993, Indecent Proposal. Okay. Are you telling me that they think Ford Fairlane is worse (laughs) than Troll 2? Troll 2 was actually really good. It had really nothing to do with Troll 1. <laughs> I love troll movies. Those are great. <laughs> okay, how about the, the Never Ending Story Two? Oh, that was the first one was horrible. Yes. Or um, let's see, Funny About Love. I never even heard of it. No. Yeah, these are all terrible. This terrible heart condition. Oh, that was pretty bad. Yes, poor poor Denzel Washington got stuck in that movie. Come on, that was way worse. Problem child. There's way worse movies. That's a bad movie. 1993, they say Indecent Proposal was the worst of that year. I think that was a great movie. They're not saying it's the worst movie because it was a bad movie or badly made or badly acted. They're talking about inappropriate. Because if you think about it, Indecent Proposal is about a guy who wants to pay another guy to have sex with his wife, like the wife is some kind of um, property. Can no. I borrow your wife? Like, can I borrow your lawnmower? That's, yeah, I think these that's are, what no, they these, mean. These are Razzies. 
Right, but Indecent Proposal at the time was not a bad movie. It had some great actors in it. I think the problem with it, when you look back at it now, is that you could never make that movie today. They shouldn't have made it back then. It was completely <laughs> inappropriate. I mean, really, like, it's offensive when you think about it. But it's not worse than RoboCop 3. Good point. 1995, they say Showgirls. That was the worst movie of that year. Well, that movie is famously hated. Right. Yeah. Everyone hated that movie. In 1996, Striptease. Okay, see, again, I think that the problem here is not that the movies are bad. I think the problem here is that the movies are offensive. Because you just said, so Striptease and Showgirls, again, two movies where they sexualize women and women do not have agency over their own lives. And they're acting like... Being a stripper is not their choice. So I think I think you're really missing the point here. In 1999, Wild Wild West, which I disagree with so much. Great movie. Well, that, wa- that was a terrible movie. Uh, 2000, Battlefield Earth. That was terrible. <laughs> that's on every. That's number one on everyone's list of the worst movies of the 2000s. Like, forget about just 2000. Any like from 2000 to 2022. Every single list you and I have talked about for the past, like, 10 years, that is always number one worst movie. All right, but is this movie worse? Freddy Got Fingered. (laughs) (laughs) 2001 worst movie. Uh, 2003 worst picture of the year, Geely. Uh Oh, well, yes, of course. It broke up Jennifer Lopez and uh, Ben Affleck, we've learned today. (laughs) Catwoman for t- uh, 2004. Oh, is that the Halle Berry yeah, one? Yeah, that was bad. Oh, that was poor Halle bad. Berry. 2006, Basic Instinct 2. <laughs> Why? Why is my question? There's no Basic Instinct was its own movie. We did not need a second one. 2007, worst uh, picture of the year, I Know Who Killed Me. That's with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, that's why it was terrible. 2008, I agree. This should be the worst movie ever of any movie of all time. The Love Guru. Yeah, gun to your head. You cannot watch that. Welcome to my ashram, the Ecumenical Intuitive Enlightenment Initiative Organization, or EIO. No, no, I didn't even remember. I couldn't remember who was even in it. Yeah. 2011, Jack Mm. and Jill. That is one of the movies that is notoriously on every single list. It was Adam Sandler playing both characters, Jack and Jill. And it wasn't good. It wasn't like the funny Tyler Perry ones that he does where he plays women. No, this was totally awful. And Al Pacino was in it. Why are you so afraid to admit that we are connected? Face it. We shared mom's womb. We were roommates. 2012, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Ooh, there's a lot of people that would disagree with that. That they liked it? Yes, yes. I mean, the real Twilight fans. Listen, I'm a Harry Potter fan, but I recognize that not every Harry Potter movie was as good as the other ones, but still, it's still Harry Potter, so it was still great. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with Twilight. The Twilight people, they just love it because it's Twilight. 2014, Kirk Cameron's Year of Saving Christmas. Of course, that was terrible. <laughs> because that was a lesson. Because you know why? Because it was a, a self-righteous. It was one of these like, 
you don't love God as much as I do. You don't love Jesus as much as I do. It's like, just, you know what? Just make a movie and shut up. Yeah. 2015 worst picture of the year, 50 shades of gray. That I agree with. I thought that, I thought the book was terrible. It was so weird how it took off. Cause it was like people that are really in that BDSM lifestyle. It's that movie was offensive. It, it reduced everything that people enjoy in their sex life and their kinks it reduced it all to like one size fits all. Here's how we all do it. It was that movie from a from a perspective of a sex positive person was totally offensive. Suddenly, you know, some housewife in the middle of the country is going shopping at her local <laughs> store. And she's like, you know, give me some ball gags. No, honey. No, it doesn't work like that. 2017, the emoji movie. And oh god, that was terrible. My yeah. son actually went to see that movie at the movie theater and took a date. Uh, who he's still who's not with to this day. <laughs> there you go. But see, okay, so that's one of those movies that like executives went, you know, hey, we gotta do do a movie that's like uh, appeal to millennials. What could we do? I know they're really into emojis. Let's make a movie about emojis. They're all come and and watch the dancing lady. Yeah, kids, they love the emojis. Let's look. Right. Make a movie about the emojis. The kids will come. 2018 Holmes and Watson. Uh, I don't even know what that is. That was uh, the Will Ferrell movie. Holmes and Watson. I don't Watt. know it. It was uh, unwatchable. Un- okay, I'll take your word for it. I never watchable. heard of it. Okay. Uh, 2019 Cats. Oh, yes. That was, tr- I mean, that's one of those. It got panned. It still gets made fun of to this day. People can't look at james corden the same way look at you and look at me and you know you know that i'm sensitive about my size okay and yet you embarrass me you (laughs) that's what i say to you (laughs) okay now listen you'll never get me up there on your own so let's gather up a few more of the cats and we'll try again shall we we're almost completely sold out of crazy and once it's gone there's more it's the cooper and anthony show you see what's going on with Leslie Jones right now? She's always doing something around the Olympics. Yes, she's very creative and clever and funny. And remember, she was on Saturday Night Live. She was on a show that was on NBC. Okay, so let's be clear about that. And she's very rah-rah for NBC because of all the sporting events and things she could have done, she chose the Olympics because NBC owns the rights of the Olympics. So what she would do is she would basically live broadcast the Olympics and she's like funny as hell. I mean, she would come up with stuff like right on the fly or she would be like watching and she'd be screaming at the TV or sometimes she would have like other celebrities sitting there with her and eating popcorn. And it was a whole thing. It was this whole like to do that she was doing. So this year, you know, the Olympics and she starts doing it and NBC started blocking her like they would remove her content. Why? That's the only thing fun about the Olympics was watching her tweet. Watching her watch the Olympics. Yeah, right. exactly. And tweet about it and post it. Her Instagram was my favorite thing because you would watch her watch the Olympics. And it's like, oh, that's why this sport is interesting. <laughs> um, and she w- she was really, really good at it. Really good at it. Really just super funny. But then I was sort of like, well, maybe they're blocking her content because she doesn't work at SNL anymore and they don't want to give her the props. I don't know. So she was... She was really not happy. So she posted, she said, Leslie Jones 
doesn't stay anywhere I'm not wanted. She wrote, I'm starting to feel like this should be my last Olympics that I live tweet. I know, another celebrity bitching, but I'm tired of fighting the folks who don't want me to do it. They block my videos and they get folks who think they can they can do it like me because mm-hmm. I guess they got other people to kind of do her bit. She said, also, I'm tired of fighting them. I love the athletes and they love me doing it and I know y'all love it. But now it's just gotten too hard and no one is fighting for or with me. So I guess I'll leave it to the professionals, but thank you for all the love. Hashtag up to y'all now. And, you know, she was pissed because they were giving her bit watching her watch the Olympics to less funny people, you know? So I guess there was enough of a backlash of it, like enough of her fans and enough of uh, people were like, I don't watch the Olympics. I only watch Leslie Jones watching the Olympics. Um, So they decided that she can keep posting her unfiltered videos of herself commenting on the Olympics. So NBC just said that, and what's so funny is, they pretended like, oh, it was an oversight. It was an error. You know, we don't allow the content out there for most people. We didn't realize it was you. It's fine. So now Leslie Jones is back on Twitter. And she wasn't commenting on the Olympics. She wasn't doing it just to make money or, you know, fame or anything like that. She was doing it because she was enjoying it and showing us that she was having fun watching it. You can't recreate that. You can't just throw anybody in there. Right, right. No, she's she's genuinely, she. that's the best part about it, that you watch her and she clearly loves the Olympics and loves what she's doing. So I think she's going to be back at it. She's not back at it yet. So far, the so after that tweet that I just read you, mm-hmm. um, she retweeted other people that were basically like, you know, hey, NBC, fuck off. You know, give Leslie the prop she deserves. Because remember, they were giving her act to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that's kind of what happened to, um, I have a girlfriend. I don't want to say her name because she asked me not to. But I have a friend who created something very unique and very original for one of the major networks. They ran her show for many years. It did very well. It was really well known. Um, she had major celebrities. Like all eight A-listers wanted to be on her show. And then she got fired for some bullshit, like something so stupid, and they gave her show to somebody else. That'd be like the Cooper and Anthony show. They now handed it to, uh, you know, Tammy and Justin. Right. <laughs> so Tammy and Justin are going to do the Cooper and Anthony show. Yeah, just do what they do and make it funny. Okay. No problem. Right. So, but what they find very quickly is that doesn't happen. That doesn't, my girlfriend, the show that they gave to somebody else, it lasted maybe two episodes and then that was it. It was over. Mm -hmm. So now they're saying they're going to give the Olympics, the rights to do the Olympics back to Leslie Jones. So we'll see. Right now she's so pissed. So for now she's not back up on Twitter, but maybe she will be. Yeah. They need to do anything they can because right now Sports Illustrated just put out this NBC on track for the lowest rated Olympics in television history. Wow. Are you watching it? No, I, I, I try to, I've watched people skating around a little circle. and went, I'm bored. <laughs> so I turned it. it, it I, I'm, I watched the highlights on, on Facebook. If somebody mm-hmm. does something cool and it's 20 seconds, I saw a girl do a bunch of, spins or something and i was like oh that's cool 
Yeah, I was more interested in the Spring Olympics, the Summer Olympics, whatever. Mm. <laughs> Forget what season. The one where they're the one where they're in the shorts other and Olympics. Hot. The other Olympics. Yeah, I was more interested in that. I don't know. There's something about the Winter Olympic sports that just don't grab my attention. They don't. They don't seem like. I don't know. They they just they just don't feel they don't capture the imagination in the same way. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that when you actually do a sport, like as a little girl, we all went to gymnastics and we all tried to learn to do more than just tumbling, like more than a cartwheel. And then when you watch people like Simone Biles out there doing these amazing things that you tried to do as a kid, you kind of get it. Like the Summer Olympics are sports that we all played or tried you know, like soccer, mm-hmm. every little girl run up and down a field playing soccer. So I feel like if you understand the sport more, it's exciting to watch the pros do it. I don't know anybody that snowboards or ski jumps or does a luge or a skeleton or curling. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. To me, that that's just for the Winter Olympics. Outside of that, it's just men sweeping. And they they take too much time between heats or whatever it is. So I had to wait thirty minutes into you know all this other crap to watch people skate, and by that time I was bored. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't do a good job this year of making the skaters exciting. Like mm. you know, every year there were certain skaters that we always heard about and stories, and they they. Leading up to the Olympics, you were excited to see like so and so and so and so. And what will they do this year? And there's such, you know, like uh, Adam Rapon, uh, Rapon, Rapon. Yeah, I, I might be know. pronouncing it wrong. But remember, he was like he was the star. We couldn't wait to see how does he how's he gonna do? And they didn't really have that this year. There's nobody that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see blah blah blah. Like I I don't know who any of them are. Mm. I don't really care. I watched the other day. They seemed good. <laughs> I mean, they seemed like they did a good job, but it wasn't until afterwards, like, I learned that this one couple that did a great job, they're actually husband and wife in real life. Like, that would, there's an interesting angle. Like, I should have been excited to see them. I should have known about them beforehand rather than just finding that out after they finished their routine. Yeah, it they, they didn't set it up right. No, no, they, they did not, not only did they not set it up right, they didn't get the excitement going leading in remember last week we were talking about the olympics and i said is it even on yet i don't even know what <laughs> was, was on yet it was on for three days by that point and we didn't know we didn't even know it was on no. like that's that that's nbc's fault that's not our fault because they did promote it i saw sean white everywhere but they never said when it started and if they did it they certainly didn't make a big enough deal about it i had no idea and, and i'm in the media and i saw it on nbc then i saw it on usa then i saw it on cnbc make up your mind where is it i'm confused i don't know where it's at no they always do that they did that with the summer olympics it's different yeah, sports. i don't like that on like all that. their channels. No, well, listen, if you want to watch skiing, ski jumping, that's on one channel. If Don't you like watch- it. Put it on one channel. It's all I want. All one right, channel. Fine. Okay. All right. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Okay, I want to know, what is your favorite soundtrack of all time? When you go see a movie and, and there's a soundtrack of music, which ones have you gone out to buy? Which ones do you think is the best soundtrack of all time? 877-626-6737. What about you guys? Hmm, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to say uh, The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon? Yep, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. 
And what's the soundtrack? Is it all Motown music? Uh, yeah. Oh. Is it good? Yes, it was very good. It had um, uh, a lot of great songs. Can't remember one, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I remember what I had, and I, I wore it out. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. I just remember one as you said that. What? I loved the soundtrack to Live and Die in L.A. Never heard that. To Live and Die in L.A.? It was no. It was like one of the first movies that uh, Willem Dafoe was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wang Chung did some music. It was very 80s. To live and die in L.A. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Was uh was The Wall considered a uh, soundtrack? Was there a movie involved? Yeah, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Was it an album before it was a movie? Mm. Yes, it was. It was an yeah, album first, and then yeah. it said it doesn't count. No, 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 okay, no. it doesn't count. Sorry. Alyssa, what do you think is the best soundtrack? What's your favorite, favorite soundtrack? Hi, Cooper. Um, I'm going to have to say Top Gun. Top Gun. And what were some of the songs from Top Gun? Um, anything Kenny Loggins. <laughs> right. Danger Zone. I mean, you can't beat Danger Zone. Oh, how I great is Danger Zone? <laughs> it's so 80s. There's like harpsichord, you know, all those, uh, whatever those 80s things are called. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're so fun. I love that soundtrack. It's so good. And, and did you go out and buy the soundtrack after you saw the movie? Oh, yeah, of course. And I have the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm looking it up because I'm really curious. Yeah, you're right. Cheap Trick was in there. Ken- lots of oh, Kenny Loggins. Tina Marie. Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Yep, Tina Marie. Oh, yeah, Take is. My Breath Away. I forgot about that. <laughs> I actually like playing with the boys better than Danger Zone. Is my oh, come on. This is song. great. It's so good. <laughs> Danger Zone. It's really <laughs> cool. Too. It's good driving music. Oh, Alyssa, I forgot how great this one is. <laughs> Take My Breath Away, right? Of Heaven course. in Your Eyes, yep. Lover Boy. Nope. Oh, yeah, Lover Boy, right? <laughs> Otis Redding is in there. Wow. Jerry Lewis, the Righteous. Oh, the Light, Righteous Brothers, of course. Right. Now, the reason I'm asking because Vanity Fair magazine put out their list, and uh, they say the number one greatest film soundtrack of all time is Purple Rain. I believe that. And it, but it's almost like the soundtrack was better than the movie. It's not that the movie wasn't good. It's just that I feel like he made the soundtrack and then built a movie around it, it mm. felt like. Don't but you it, think? But it was a great... Great, yeah. Oh, come on. I Would Die For You. When Doves Cry, was, this on, was it on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. when Doves Cry. Darling Nikki. Oh, Darling Nikki. Yeah, I think Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. Right? Yeah. Let's go, let's go crazy. Oh, yeah, the actual song, Purple Rain, of course. I've never let, yelled at radio more than when a radio station plays a song and cuts it. Because they, they play a... And they do it. There's something else. They go right to the song. The afterword. Oh, yeah, this is the best part. You can always see the song. Yeah, you have to have this part. But unfortunately, they didn't include the Morris Day songs on the Purple Rain soundtrack. Oh, they didn't, did they? But it sold a lot of time CDs. Yeah, it did. I bet bet it did. Hold on. Yeah, you're right. They do start it here. Yeah. Good point. Gotta play the whole version. Gotta play the whole version, yeah. Otherwise, it's not cool. No. I just want to sit here and listen to this now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so according to to Vanity Fair magazine, Purple Rain is the greatest soundtrack of all time. But there's other really good ones. Like, Jimmy, what's a really great soundtrack? What movie did you see and you thought, ah, great music? Well, first I've got to say that I didn't think about this when I called in, but Purple Rain definitely was a 
excellent soundtrack. Classic. But, uh, I called in about the Crow soundtrack. And oh, the Crow. I was thinking about Anthony, Anthony loves uh, hardcore music. You know, you can't for, forget uh, Nine Inch Nails on the Crow soundtrack. Yep. Excellent, excellent. Track number five, as good as it gets. And um, I just want y'all to know I love your show. Oh, um, thank I you. Called in, I called in a couple months ago when y'all were doing What Do You Want to Be Buried With? Oh. And I said, my turntables and my Metallica CD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in that case, then you would know a good soundtrack when you heard one. Of course. And, and you know, and there's plenty more. I mean, there's uh, the soundtrack from Singles, which was... That's what I was going to say. The soundtrack from Singles, I love, because, you know, mm. I'm a huge Replacements and Paul Westerberg fan. Right. Uh, Pearl Jam, I mean, you can't go wrong. With yep. Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. Right. So. Anyways, well, the... I love your show, and uh, I look forward to listening to it every night. Mm. And um, I hope y'all are on the air for a long time. Yeah, oh, thank you, Jimmy. Thank That's you, really Jim. sweet. Thank you. You know, he's right. I forgot how great the uh, soundtrack for The Crow is. The Cure is on Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, The Violent Femmes. Mm -hmm. That was a great soundtrack. Yep. I have that one. And I forgot how much I love it. Thank you, Jimmy. I'm glad you called me. I'm going to listen to it now. Well, not right now. <laughs> I'm going to stay here for a little <laughs> longer. A show, yeah. But yeah. later I will, yeah. Julie, what do you think is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time? It has to be Pulp Fiction. How else can you get Jungle Boogie and Flowers on the Wall on the same CD? Exactly. <laughs> and this song... And this song, right? <laughs> a remake of a Neil Diamond song. Yep, right <laughs> What's better than that? Now, let's see. Did, did, um, did Pulp Fiction make the Vanity Fair list? Has to, right? It, it has, has to be to. on here. Oh, yeah, it is on here. Yeah. Yeah, it's this is a great song. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on there. I have a top three. What's your top three? <laughs> Let me hear. Uh, top three soundtracks of all time. Go. Right. The Muffet movie. Oh, the Muppet movie, wow. of course, you would say that. Uh, Grease <laughs> and Pretty in Pink. What was on Pretty in Pink? Oh, Pretty in Pink is the best soundtrack ever. <laughs> if You Leave by OMD was on that one. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, Shell Shock by New Order. Uh, Wouldn't It Be Good by Nick Kershaw. Oh, I love those Echo songs. and the Bunnymen Bring on the Dancing Horses. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah. That's a great soundtrack. I know. Yeah, I was kidding about the Muppet movie, by the way. No, no you I'm weren't. sure you were. Sure, sure, sure. Although <laughs> the uh, I know I hope that something better comes along is a very underrated song by with an underrated Muppet Ralph that's in it. <laughs> right? yeah, Ralph I hope is definitely that underrated. Better comes along. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Amber, what is one of your favorite soundtracks of all time? Oh gosh, hands down, Dirty Dancing. <gasps> Dirty Dancing. We forgot about Dirty Dancing. Yes, me and my friend listened to it just to have fun, and he does the lift and. <laughs> I run across the room and get nervous, and <laughs> it's just the greatest. Yeah, there's so many yeah. great. Yeah, there's a lot of really good songs on that soundtrack. I forgot about. Yeah. Do, do you know who the chick is in the song with Patrick Swayze? Who, who sings it with him? Who? Wendy Fraser. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Chad. Yeah, really, Chad. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, Amber. That's yeah, because, a good. We forgot about because it had the the newer songs at the time, then also had some of the classics like "Do You Love Me." Right. Oh, "Do You Love Me." Yeah. Warren, what is one of your favorite soundtracks of all time? You know, right now I, I couldn't tell you one song that's on it, but I remember hearing just this great CD one day, and I said, "What's that?" That's the the soundtrack from The Big Chill. Oh, 
the big sh- yeah. The, I have that one also. That has some really great songs on it as and, well. And I want to take a minute and say that this is the the most bizarre radio show I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's it's really like having your weird friends in another room and you're listening to them, and then every once in a while you get to just go and chime in for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the Big Chill is mostly, it's a combination of Motown. That's a good, that's a good way to describe it, actually. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we're, we're changing smart talk to real life to your weird friends in another room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, on the Big Chill soundtrack, I heard it through the grapevine, My Girl, Good Lovin', Joy to the World, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. See, I was right. Wider oh, you're Shade right. Of Pale. These are all great songs. Yeah. yeah. But see, Warren, I think that's a good point. It's kind of like life. Like, you know, sometimes you feel like talking about serious things. Sometimes you yell at each other. Sometimes guests drop by. One of my favorite callers of all time was the lady that called in one night and said, I love your show. I I, I don't know what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't either. Now, does it, do you think it has to be about something? Do you feel like we're we're sort of letting you down because we haven't given you like a... Defi- definition talk. of what it's about. No, if you were sitting with your friends, it wouldn't be about something every night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, good. Yeah, right, Seinfeld you, made it for ten years about being a show about nothing. Yeah, I guess that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is hardly the Seinfeld of radio. I mean, uh, Chad, come on. I don't know. If it was, I'd be Newman. <laughs> <laughs> you would be Newman. And, and and if it was, I wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> 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 I can't believe you've never seen one episode, not I, one. I had a life. Now, Dara, what's one of the best soundtracks of all time? It would be Staying Alive. Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Now, I'm glad you said that because Vanity Fair says that the top three, number one is Purple Rain, number two is Saturday Night Fever, just like Dara just said. Hey. And, and this, is, this is really interesting. You know what their number three? What is it? Train spotting. No. Really? The movie Train Spotting, yeah. What because was on there? Iggy Pop, New Order, Lou Reed. Get it's it's really alternative, kind of underworld kind of stuff. Thanks, Cooper.